Welcome to the Arrest or Mimics podcast with your host Ben Talon. Hola and welcome to Arrest or Mimics. My name is Ben Talon. This is the Original Thinking and the Creative Innovation podcast. How are you? How are my listeners? Beautiful listeners, keeping this show going, keeping my three sponsors happy, which we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, it's been a good week. It's been a it's been fast and furious as ever. It never seems to be anything, but I seem to be. It's been quite quiet on the commission front, and I seem to be busier when I don't have any work than when I do, which is a really weird thing to say, but it's true. I was, you know, the to-do list comes crashing down on me when, when I've finished all the stuff that I'm doing. How did you find the legend that is Adrian Shaughnessy? I hope you enjoyed episode twenty-nine last week. Um, what a what a legend! What a to give me an hour, more than an hour of his time at the Royal College of Art with everything that he's done. He didn't have to do that, but he did. And it's part of the reason I like to do this show. It's you have to, I think you have to pass on these things to the next creative to, to support the industry. And I'm all about doing that. I don't think you can be selfish in this world. I think if you do and you stay guarded, you kind of stay in your cocoon and you kind of cease to exist after a while. So thanks to Adrian for that uh, awesome show. Today we've got Adidas, Adidas illustrator Peter O'Toole coming up. He's going to take us through an amazing story of landing a dream client in emphatic fashion. We'll get to that in a minute, but first of all, of course, I've got to thank my wonderful sponsors for supporting this show, making sure I can keep it free every week for you guys. Illustration Limited, Illustration Web, of course, I'm represented by those guys, um, but they really do awesome work, representing around 200 illustrators, animators, set designers, fashion illustrators, uh, lettering specialists, uh, portrait artists, real broad range of visual communicators. Biggest illustration agency in the world, if I'm right in thinking that, correct me if I'm wrong, but Either way, they do fantastic work. Uh, so check them out, illustrationweb.com, like I said. Really awesome team, really working to support the industry, doing their environmental bit too with the One Million Trees project, which you can check out on the website, uh, started by director Harry Lyon-Smith. So thanks to those guys. Um, thanks to Heart Internet, who bring us our little tech bite-sized tips every week. Um, they specialise in SEO, hosting, domain names, all the web stuff that we all need. Um, we're gonna. Do, I'm gonna be looking into a, a web special before long where I'm gonna chat to Nick Leach from Heart Internet. Um, Nick's really switched on and gives me loads of little pointers and kind of you know cool ways to market this show, which to to raise the numbers, which is really awesome. Um, but for today's tip, once again, I'm gonna do something a little different, and I'm gonna talk about uh, today's guest, Peter O'Toole. We'll get to his story soon, and he'll tell us the whole story of what I'm gonna paraphrase probably quite badly at this moment in time. But Peter kind of, he's had this lifelong love of the sort of casual clothing scene, as he'll describe on the show. And that led him to the kind of Adidas originals and all that kind of that kind of side of things, you know, the whole Stone Island and all that. So Peter started to illustrate the whole range of Adidas City series from the originals range. And there's an unbelievable cult scene based around uh, Adidas. You know, you get people now in Manchester when they launch a new range of uh, originals queuing around the block, you know, overnight. To, to get these things like some sort of Star Wars film opening it's unbelievable and Peter latched onto that very cleverly and, and he engaged and then continues to engage really fantastically with a huge social media following um, by sharing his illustrations getting them on board telling them about what he's doing he's really up and at them on social media and really proactive and he's managed to build a, a following that dwarfs my own by by just by doing that I've done it in a kind of smaller way you know by latching onto 
you know, fans of WWE and Leeds United and that kind of stuff. But Peter really blazes a trail in that respect. So check out the way that he owns social media uh, through his work and the way that he created uh, his, his Adidas works. Uh, so you know, of course, HeartInternet.co.uk they they advocate the the you know this kind of use of social media. They're they're very up on on leading with passions and engaging audiences. And Peter does that absolutely perfectly. So thanks to Heart for that. Which brings me on to my next sponsor on the other side of the coin, Printed.com, who have been uh, doing a, a brilliant job of getting the show out there and supporting me over the last few weeks, and will continue to do to do so. Hopefully, they um you know they offer over ninety products, various things from from flyers to business cards to posters to large format print. They're, they're really on it and a really fantastic customer service team, as I found out myself through getting the flyers for this show done and my own promo booklet. Um, so Peter's story later on today will tell us his kind of his cool story about how he started to create his own Adidas illustration prints, which led to a commission from Adidas. Um, but there you have it. Peter, Peter does a whole range of prints from... Richard Ashcroft portraits, Ian Brown portraits. He really got onto the Adidas sort of casual scene and people who were a part of all that. There's this whole movement of people who kind of endorse that, like officially and unofficially, just the way, you know, their style, their look, their image. And so, you know, with Peter's prints, that's something that, uh, of course, printed.com offer. So go and check them out. They do uh, just so many cool stuff and you have full ownership over that from the the design of the work and the uploading right through to the purchase of your order very reasonable great customer service awesome printers go and use them go and check them out so thanks to printed.com for that and you can find them as it says on the tin printed.com so cheers to all those guys keeping this show going every week for free Check us out, as ever, at Arrests on the Mix on the Twitter. Get us your thoughts for Adrian Shaughnessy. Um, awesome reception for the first week. Keep that going. Um, keep sharing the love. Adrian's story is one that we should all listen to if, you, if you're serious about your visual communication, which I hope you are if you're listening to this show. Or even if you're just a passenger, go and check out the work that Adrian has done. It's really inspiring stuff. So Peter O'Toole, let me think. It goes back a little while. We're both Yorkshiremen. We both studied at Bradford College. 2002, I started. Peter started in 2003. I had left after my first year to go to Preston and specialise in illustration. So we missed each other. Um, but the way that these kind of things seem to happen in the smaller Yorkshire towns, it's, it's weird. So we met through a mutual friendship uh, with Danny Allison, the very first guest on the show. If you want to go listen to Danny's story, check him out on episode one. But Danny got a studio during his time living in Huddersfield after he'd come back from a trip to Australia uh, at a place called Bates Mill, which is a fantastic old, I think it's an old spinning mill, an old woolen mill, which is like, like the one that I grew up next to. And Bates hire a number of their studios out to creatives. Um, so I think it's called the Bates Studio. I might be wrong, but Peter kind of runs the studio there. And Danny had a desk in there for a while. And whilst I was there, Peter and I met over a shared love of kind of vintage wrestling in the late 80s, early 90s. And we're both into, you know, that the whole casuals thing is cool. I love my Adidas myself. And I got chatting to Peter. And when I found out that it had been commissioned by Adidas, I thought, oh my God, I've got to get him to tell that story. That's just fantastic. And as someone who's um, been lucky enough to work with Leeds United and WWE, my dream clients, I know I knew the feeling, but there's only so much I can bang my own drum because this show's not about me. So I went and caught up with Peter O'Toole to tell us the story of how that happened and how his, um, his trademark illustration style has got him such a great social media following, representation with Shannon Associates um, in America. 
for his work and he just goes from strength to strength working with absolutely amazing clients uh so many worldwide i I could go on with his client list but it's extensive he works with clark's originals now um i think he's done stuff with lecoq sportif um just really he's such a stylized um well sculpted style so go and check him out um on the, you can check him out on San and Shannon Associates, of course, and you can check him out on his official site too. Um, I think it is peterotool.co.uk. I'm going to check. This is really, yeah, peter-otool.co.uk. Uh, brilliant website, brilliant brand. Check him out. So, I'm going to, without further ado, I'm going to take you to the conversation with him uh, in Bates Mill in Huddersfield. Uh, it's a bit of a long one, but. It needs to be because there's so much to get through. So I hope you enjoy. Get us your feedback. What did you study at uni? I forget graphic design. Or? Graphic media communication. That's right. I, start- I think they just you put three words. Yeah, I, I started the same course. They put yeah. like three random words together. <laughs> That's yeah. a graphic design course. Yeah. And then you can choose. You, I mean, you back then it was like I don't know when. Probably the same when you started. There were four things like photography, animation, yeah. uh, illustration, or graphic design, and you kind of specialised in one of them. And I just went down the illustration route, to be honest. I dabbled in animation a bit, but it's a whole new ball game, man. You need to dedicate your whole... Laborious, isn't it? Really oh, laborious process. I'd rather work now with animators than I do. Uh, yeah. They know what they're doing. I can just tell them what to do. That's the same here. I know how to set up my illustrations for animation. Yeah. And that's, that's, where, that's where it ends. I wouldn't mind having to play with some quite simple stuff just for fun, but... yeah. Not like music videos of three minutes and stuff. Oh, like that. I went as far as do you know, like when you do a rough for a, a normal client, an illustration client. Yeah. I did a rough GIF. It was like a GIF of a really crap animation to show the animator. <laughs> it's like the next level up. It's like a bouncing basketball. Brilliant. It, but it was spinning at the same time, like and it was like six really <laughs> crappy frames. I actually, looked pretty naive and good. I might, I might start being an animator. <laughs> Brilliant. Despite what I've just said, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> did you did you find did you find an advantage of having done the um, the other pathways like in the first year? Did you get a flavour and an idea of where you wanted to go? And... Well, I did. I kind of did that at art college yeah. for two years. I mean, it were even more insane then because you had like freaking logo design, photography, screen printing. Yeah. it was great. Did you do a BTEC? Yeah, BTEC National here. Diploma. Yeah. Nat dip. Yeah, yeah, that dip, that dip. <laughs> yeah, so you did that, and it were like, it were great because I went to a new college in Huddersfield, which isn't a, an art college, but I just went there because all my friends were going there, and I did art, and they made us draw a chocolate bar for two weeks. So like, it, literally, <laughs> you had to buy the bar as well. <laughs> like, open it, put it on a piece of A3 paper, uh, draw it for an hour each session, and then put it back in a plant chest without moving it, and then next session, pull it out again. And I was like, <laughs> like, fair enough, for one session I can understand you need to learn detail and you need to learn how to concentrate and stuff. But, fuck that. Like, I was like, this is not what I expected. Uh, dropped out after about six months. Met my future wife there, which was probably yeah, a good job Yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> then I went to art college and then it was like, right, this is more what I'm on about. Um, and then after that, like Bradford was almost a feeder. Yeah. I almost did fine art because I went to I went to Loughborough to look around, 
do you know when you decide in what uni you want to yeah, go to? Yeah. And they had like the best fine art studio ever. To the point that I went back to my tutors and said, I don't want to do illustration anymore, I want to do fine art <laughs> just because I wanted that studio. I can't and imagine you in the world of Basically fine art. told me to shut up and you're going to Bradford. So, and then, so basically I'd done, I kind of figured out what I wanted to do in art college. Yeah. And then when we were at Bradford, it was just a, a case of getting on with it, really. Mm. I mean, dabbled. We, we got to use screen printing equipment and we had a really good typesetting spot in, in the actual mill that we were in. And yeah, I just... Yeah, I was in the same one, Junction Mills. Junction yeah. Mills, but yeah. Junction Mills were amazing. And then after the first year, we moved up to the Lister building and we got like piled in with everyone else. I think we probably had it way too good at Junction Mills. Yeah. And it all it felt like a step down when we went to the Lister building. But it was just, it didn't have the character. Like Junction Mills on its own, it had like the top floor with like screen printing. Yeah. Middle floor were where all studios were. Yeah. And the ground floor with like photography and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was away from all the other buildings. It was yeah. on that, that road, just around the corner from Alhambra. I wonder if that stuff's starting to dry up at unis now. It seems a lot more clinical when I go to a lot of other unis now. And it, uh, yeah, something... I don't go to many, but um, I can imagine. I can imagine just budget cuts and everything. There's something about this, where we are now, like for listeners, we're in Bates Mill in Huddersfield, where Peter's studio is. And it's like, I love these old mill buildings where it's just you know, white walls, just, yeah. it's, it's something a bit rugged about it, and for me, when, when you walk in, you just, you just want to get a bit messy, if it makes you, do something Yeah, to it. it's just, I mean, we're on the top floor as well, so you've got like the awnings, and it makes the room look a hell of a lot bigger, yeah. and then you've got like 360 windows, I was just talking to some, someone last night in a meeting, basically saying, it's like the dream studio, and it's, it was used for working back in the day, it was like, the textile industry now it's still being used but it's like in the creative industry yeah. and I like the way it's still working like I think this was built in 1850 or something like that yeah. and then my landlord's granddad had it his dad had it now him and his brother run it it's awesome, so it's it? like proper family yeah. business they used to work here on the shop floor in the 80s is that right the dad made them work yeah wow that's so they remember it and yeah. it's you know, they could have easily sold it and turned it into flats. They must be quite proud of what it's become, though. I mean, oh, I've yeah. met Richard, and he seems pretty yeah. fired up about a lot of ideas. Oh, he's so. mad. He went to the uh, same art college as me in the mid-90s. He's a bit older, and I think he went back. And I don't know. I just think running this mill is a 24-hour-a-day job. God, yeah. And I think him having art studios in here is his way of kind of still being involved but not being fully committed to yeah, it if you know what I mean. yeah, yeah. he absolutely loves it I mean he could spend all day in here talking to us yeah sometimes he does yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like yeah. Richard I'm actually on a deadline <laughs> so how long have you been in here uh, since I actually came in here September 2009 I, I didn't start up as a freelance illustrator till April 2010 yeah. I, I was working as a gardener at Syngenta, which is like, it used to be ICI. Okay. That's an old school name, ICI. ICI. <laughs> um, yeah, I would just work, like I'd left uni in 2008, got one job for the yeah. Northern Housing Consortium's annual love, review. I love first jobs. Your first jobs, yeah. like 800 quid, I'm like, if I get one of these every week, I'll be sorted. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't get one again for like a year. But um, I lived at home when I was at uni, because there was no way I was moving to Bradford. Um, so I it was like a 20 minute drive I'm like I saved my student loan drove over every day lived with my mum my mm. last were down at De Montfort in Leicester she was obviously like a year ahead of me because I dropped out of New College so I had yeah. to wait till the next starting year so she finished a year before me so she'd already moved back in with her mum 
and waited for me to finish uni. And then I was going to go to Edinburgh to do a master's and I thought, I got accepted, I went up and they, they said they offered me a place and then last minute I was like, I want to earn some money. I'm just going to get in more debt, you know what I mean? I want to get out there now. Yeah. I don't want to be sheltered anymore. Yeah. So we same. decided we were going to move to Edinburgh together and we decided, well, we might as well move in together. And I had no job and I had just finished uni and it was like, look, I need a job straight away. So I worked at Syngenta doing gardening and I was working with this guy who was trying to get me sacked. It was just an asshole, basically. And it kind of made me think, like, why did I go to uni just to, like, put with people like this? And yeah. it kind of spurred me on in a way, and I was like, right, bollocks, I'm having a go. I'm just going to quit. So I quit my job in the middle of a recession. Um, but I'd already had this place. I used to come after work in my works van, park yeah. up around the corner and work a few hours, hours on an evening. And before that, I'd had, like, a studio at my, yeah. my house in Birkby, just up road. Um, so I was really on a, a good footing when I... I'm kind of motivated. You know when you get somewhere new and it's like really motivated? I, well, I did a similar, similar thing, went in Preston. I finished my job at Preston City Council. Walk like the I've read about it in your book, mate. I get this all the time I now, mean, we've it? known each other for a few years, yeah. but like, we know each other through Danny Allison, really. Yeah. So you'd come over here when Danny were in here mm. and we'd kind of meet and spend a few days together here and there, but I didn't know about all your backstories. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's nice to read about it. Well, that's the same reason I do this show. I think I just love hearing people's stories and learning from their path, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, good. It's a, it's a similar vibe as like looking at other people's studios. It's yeah, motivating, it's great. It? It's yeah, I love it, yeah. So, but yeah, but that feeling, like you say, of finishing a job and having the purpose in the evening, and even if it's just yeah. a few hours, yeah. it's a huge buzz in it and a really good driver. Of but I was doing that when I was at uni anyway. Yeah. I was like, I was going to extra classes. I was going to live drawing classes and stuff. Honestly, just to get better at drawing, not to look at naked women or anything <laughs> like that. But um, I was doing like almost like extracurricular, and then I would do going home and then doing a whole night of freelancing as well. Yeah. So <laughs> that's the door. So it's like, I, there weren't a lot of people on my course that did that. Just, I, I think you take it for granted. I want to do this 24 hours a day if I can. I'll do it all day at uni and then I go home and I do it all night till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And I, not a lot of other people did that. And I just thought that's what people... I just expected that's what people did. Yeah, no, same thing. That and then really minute percentage. They, they just don't no. <laughs> at all. I people don't even show up. You get the feeling that a lot of people have just come there because it's what you do next. And, or, or like I think a lot, Yeah, I think a lot of people just thought it was an easy one to finish... Um, it's like, oh, it's art, like I can do that, I can sit around, do fuck all all day and pass, and you can't. No. And, and even if you scramble through on that, you're not going to do anything in the real no, world. No, what's the point? That you're attitude. absolutely wasting your time. Yeah. And it kind of pisses me off because I'm 100% want to make it, and then the industry is just getting clogged full of yeah. people who don't even want to be in there. Well, they don't get very far, but you know what I mean? Yeah, it's but true. But tutors are like spending more time with them. And they're not spending any time. Ironically, people enough, actually want to do it. They're the bastards who go and mo- like moan about the ch- bad, ch- bad shooting yeah, and all exactly. that. And it's like, oh my god! Like I know a number of lecturers, and they all have that issue of like yeah. spats with idiots who turn up, expect something on a plate, and then kick off. Spats with idiots. Yeah, <laughs> that's a project. Great spats <laughs> with idiots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it frustrates me. I mean, university in general kind of frustrated me a bit, but mm. you know, I think you have to go through it. Um, I think they should do a lot more, like teach you how to run a business. Yeah. 
Jesus. If it, students come round to me, I just tell them how to invoice and I'll tell yeah. them how yeah. to do all the stuff that I had to learn from scratch yeah. and like fumble into. Yeah. And it's like Danny Allison taught me quite a lot about stuff like that because he'd been in the industry a lot more, but. I mean, he really over-exaggerates stuff as well. So you've got to kind of like meet me in the middle because There's a curve in the, yeah. he will scare the shit out of you if you actually listen to him. And it's like, hang on a minute, life's yeah. not that bad. You've got, it's like double strength cordial in it. You've got, yeah, you've got to water it down a little bit. Like. Yeah, you, you don't realise it. You don't put enough water in it. But like, then hang on, I found him a really positive presence of around because I could sort of take that. So all the way went to the extreme. It was it kind of set me up for the worst and it wasn't yeah. quite that bad. You know, it was like, it was cool. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> but then he'd tell me to do this campaign monitor thing that I'd never done before. Yeah. And it'd be like, yeah, yeah, you get this campaign monitoring. You get all these email addresses from LinkedIn. You do all this technique, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Took me about three days to do. And he's like, you'll get work for the next three years nonstop. Didn't get one reply. And I'm like... Yeah. Do you know what? It's a, it's a real... It, it's weird. I, I understand. It's a proper science. I know people do really well with it. I have never had any luck because I'm but a people I, I, person and I, and yeah. I need to build the relationships. I, I, w- I was the same with illustration agents as well. People, I mean, I don't know how much work you get off your own back or if you go straight through your agent all the time. And I know Danny pretty much got... Uh, well, I, don't, I think he got like 100% of his work through agents. When I got my agency, I was expecting that. Nah, it didn't work for me. It's, I might get, I mean, averaging now about one job a month. I've been with them like four years, but yeah. went through like eight month period where I didn't get anything and I was being a bit, getting a bit worried. But yeah. once I started updating my portfolio at my end, I got more work through. That's what I found. You have to drive it. You have to put the, yeah. the TLC into your own stuff, but then also. But at the end of the day, it's still not going to be enough to live off. No, that's but it. I was always wanting to get my own work anyway. Yeah. So I only saw like my agency jobs as an extra. Yeah. Uh, they're in America, so they get me all the American jobs that I wasn't getting anyway. Yeah. You know See, mine are global, so it's like, but so it all sort of comes through them. But then I had obviously the original clients that I came to the agency with. But I've been with them six years now, and, and so I guess two years on you. And I'm finding now that only the last two years have sort of yeah. started to see a much more regular flow and a better relationship. Now I understand it's like, that it's a long term thing it as well. It does take time, yeah. And I think, right, you could just leave, couldn't you? And you could just jump to another agency mm. not guaranteed that you'd even get into another agency which is another scary thing because yeah. it looks good on the end of your email that you signed and mm. so, like I think you said I don't know if it were on a podcast or in your book that it's like being signed to a record label yeah I had that analogy it, the exact same analogy it's like and then if you leave whether you leave or you you get dropped per se um it doesn't look as good you almost feel like oh, yesterday's news right now true, at the actually, bottom yeah. it's like Shannon Associates New York and yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Yeah. Uh, people Ooh. come back to me and like, have you moved to New York? Yeah. I'm like, nah, I mean, I'm still in Huddersfield, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but my <laughs> agency... I mean, representing globally, that's an endorsement. It massive is. Massive endorsement, isn't it? But it's one of them things, like, I was, I was emailed everyone under the sun. I had no clients. My work was crap looking back at it. Yeah. And I was just like, right, bollocks to it. I get enough work as it is to get by anyway. I'm not going to look for an agent anymore. Mm. Two weeks later, I got... Out of the blue, someone I never even knew existed. No one even, I never even emailed them and said, Oh, I just wanted to know if you're represented. And if you're not, would you be, it would be cool if we represented yeah. you. Looked at the website and they were like big, big time and they tech up like half of the directory of illustration. Brilliant. And I was like, Yeah, go on then. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's nothing to lose, is there? You not know, at it's, all. Like but it was good having Danny in the studio for things like that because. The, the contract, and I think a general contract, not just with these guys, was we want 
25% of all your work that you ever get. And Danny were like, my first agency tried that with me. Tell them, because you get a lot of your own work, tell them they can have everything that's not in England. Mm. And I'm like, all right. And then they were like, yeah, straight away. Not even any queries about Brilliant. it. Well, sometimes you just, and that's handy to have. You just have to push a little bit sometimes. Yeah. But, I mean, I had a friend, Jeff, who used to go to Huddersfield Uni, Mr. Bowlegs. He was, um, he's a designer slash kind of illustrator for a while. And he was helping me out a bit, just with a bit of advice when I first started out. And then Danny helped me out a bit. But other than that, like everything else, I had to kind of find out for myself. You do, yeah. Just by doing mistakes, getting ripped off, and yeah. just say, "Right, that'll never happen again." Yeah, you know there's a mean? lot of there's a lot of sitting there, head in hands, thinking, "This is the last time this is happening." There is, and there's a lot of times where you've got a. Well, now I, I, I've got like a bullshit meter in it. I can kind of tell straight away whether a job's legit or whether a job's oh, not. Massively, and it's like I just kind of try and cut out the bullshit. Yeah, and like. I get a lot of people inquiring on Facebook and stuff like that. And a lot of people I don't even know. Like, mm. complete strangers from foreign countries and stuff. And it's like, that it's fine, but you've got to pay me, like, half up front just to cover my end. And it's no offence to anyone. But it's just like, it, if they don't want to do it, fair enough. There's no risk and we're not doing the job. But if they do, then it's like, well, I've just covered my back. If you turn around now and run away with the work, then at least I've got half of the money for Exactly, it. yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's a good that's a good way to find out. I mean, I don't often do that if it's if if it's a legit job. But if there's anything I mean, else, well, you can't like you try to go Adidas. And say, oh, I, I'm not doing it if you don't get fifty percent. I know well, you mean. The, I know never going to ring you again. I know what you mean. The sort of weird personal queries you tend to get that come through social yeah. media and stuff. It's I mean, a lot a lot of the times you'll have mutual friends and you'll kind of you maybe know them or know of the name. But if it's like a complete stranger who I've never met or heard of and we've got no mutual friends, just. For security, I'll say, look, I need 50% up front. Yeah. And I've only ever had one guy say, I think you're a German guy, and he's like, why? I, no. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm not doing it then. He's like, why? He's like, well, I don't know you. This is the security. He's like, well, I don't know you. I'm like, well, you're asking me to do a job. <laughs> look at my portfolio. Did you think I, I got that portfolio by ripping off people like 50 quid? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, yeah. No. It's like, if you think that, I don't even want to do the job with you in the first place. Yeah, well, it's kind of retracted then. It's like, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, you, but you do, though. Sometimes you, should, you have to get a bit strong enough-minded to say no to stuff. And, and, you, and you know, like I was saying to you earlier, I was turned down quite a big job yesterday. It just didn't sit right on a number of levels instinctively. The money was good, yeah. but it's just... As you get further down the line, I think sometimes becoming... Learning to say no is a powerful thing. Definitely. Mm. But you've got a... You've got to pick your moments, haven't you? Mm. You know. Oh, if you go too Sometimes far you yeah. might say yes to a job that's, you know, it might not seem like the best job in the world, and it's not for the greatest money, but that might end up getting you more eyes on your work. Mm. Like it might just be. I mean, a good example. Like I did some work for a bank called Neck Deep about what, four years ago. Was just some kid off facebook message me this was before i did my 50 percent thing by the way <laughs> he, he didn't rip me off but a, a few people <laughs> after that did but it was like uh, a guy called seb and i'm like oh the, the, i'm in this band they, they really like your work or can you do want some like artwork done for his first album so i'm like yeah of course whatever whatever money it were and he's like yeah yeah cool so i did it and that band since has absolutely blown up. They've been supporting Blink One Eight Two. They've really? been selling wow. out shows in America. Yeah. I was in the car the other day and they were on like Radio One or something. And yeah. I'm like, 
I mean, it's music that I wouldn't necessarily listen to day to day, but I'd listen to some of their stuff, obviously, because the connection. you know, you've got to do your, your research and stuff. And I shazammed it, and it was their new single. And wow. I might to the wife, like, I did this guy's album That's like cool, four yeah. years ago. And you can run with that, can't you? Yeah, but yeah. at the time, it was just like, you know, it's like doing a, some artwork for a band in Huddersfield. It's like, not that they're never going to get anywhere, but you don't expect it yeah. um, straight off the bat. It's yeah. like, yeah, it'd be cool if they did, but Neck Deep absolutely went nuts. Yeah. Like these people, their fans redraw the artwork, and like these, they've got like you, you look on Tumblr, it's my artwork, but it's redrawn like a million times, like lyrics written over the top of Brilliant. it and stuff. Brilliant. And it's just like this vintage style face with like uh, a missing tooth and like a blacked out rectangle across the the eye, say neck deep. Yeah, and it, it, to see that, to see people redrawing yeah. that, they call him like Ned the Head. They've like Ned the they've head. named him Ned That's the cool. Head. That's cool. And they've got such like a massive fan base. And I mean, I don't even want to guess how many Facebook followers they've got. But you just see like last week, um, Mark Hoppus just remixed one of the songs. Really, like wow. lead singer for Blue Way too. And you like tremendous. That's That's wow, pretty, it really should be the other way around. Yeah, it's like... pretty nuts that in it and. Uh, <laughs> It's just that's like the best example of something that you you go in with. That'd be like not massive expectations, and it's got like the biggest amount of eyes on it ever. That'd be like finding out that Ralph Steadman's redrawn one of my artworks. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Literally, that's like the alternative. Yeah. But it's like I mean, I haven't worked for them for a few years because they've got bigger and bigger, and they've got other artists working for them. And with all the merch and stuff, there's people that suit that kind of scene like more than my work does, mm. if you know what I mean. Um, so they've kind of like moved on and stuff yeah. and if they asked me to work for them tomorrow I'd definitely say yeah because yeah. they're awesome guys to work for but yeah. it's like like the, the lead singer's brother still keeps in touch with me on Facebook and he's like oh yeah you're in uh, Kerrang this week you've got a whole back page because it's <laughs> like an advert it's like next week neck deep interviewer in but on the back page of that week's Kerrang it was like the whole Ned the Head filled the whole page. Fantastic. So I go and add Sainsbury's pick it up and it's Can't like, do, yeah. <laughs> put it in my archive and then the next week it was like, oh yeah, you're uh, Ned the Head's on a t-shirt on the back of Kerrang. It's like, <laughs> just an advert but it's proper cool. So it, good. It's all this stuff yeah. that you just don't, don't expect to happen and yeah. it's pretty sweet. I think sometimes that's why it's worth doing them though, even if there's a slight risk involved. Sometimes if you wait up enough, you just don't know where things are going to lead and you could say no. that about any jobs. You know. Oh, exactly, man. So, I mean, to talking about the sort of more cult stuff, you was music a bit of a way in for you? Because I mean, you did a lot. Used to do a lot of gig posters and stuff, didn't you? Yeah. Well, um, I I used straight away at uni. Me and my friend Ollie Smith, we uh, we thought right, no one's going to hire us. No one's going to put us in magazines. We've got no work really. Like, how how are we going to get his name out? And we decided we were going to do like little fanzines, like photocopy loads of the sketches and just leave them in coffee shops. So we did. We like named them stupid stuff like mm. I named one of mine like Crikey Moses and <laughs> Monkey Spanner and just like random <laughs> stuff that you hear in songs and things yeah. like that and then you just leave these photocopied things stamp them so the limited edition like number nice. of yeah, that's, a, that's a nice little I trick. swear to god yeah. I've done loads of workshops since like telling people how to make zines because people have seen these yeah. things that I did back in 2006 yeah. and 7 and they're like we want to do that how do you do it and it's just so DIY Mm-hmm. But then we kind of started running a live art night in Huddersfield and we had his mates like DJ, uh, hip-hop DJs on and we got like friends in to draw live and stuff. Yeah. Graffiti artists outside. And I got to know through doing that a lot of people uh, who worked and had bars locally. Um, it, so it was great networking without even realising it. Yeah. 
so I started, they started, re- Facebook came along at the same time. So I just assumed that everyone knew that I was an illustrator, like all my friends and family and stuff. Yeah. Started putting stuff on uh, Facebook, like a drawing a day, then a drawing every single day. I mean, it's still up there now for people to look. It's not the greatest work of all time, but they were like getting comments like, I didn't know you drew. I'm like, <laughs> you're my brother. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I want my brother, but you know. It was, it was like, I just, I just assumed that people knew I drew. And once I realised that people didn't know I drew, I was like, well, I've got to, first of all, I've got to let them know. So people from the bars were seeing my work as well. And they'd met me, but they probably didn't know like, how, if, if I were any good or not. And they'd see my work, and then I'd get asked to do stuff for bands around here. I'd get asked to do gig posters. And then on the gig posters, I would put in, like, my email address and stuff at the bottom. And then it kind of steamrolled from that, really, mm. and kind of did all this stuff on the side while I was doing the gardening. And that sounds like it must, well, that must have been quite prolific then if you were putting on that regular nights. Were you doing it pretty regular by that point? Oh, I wasn't putting on the nights, but I was just doing the artwork doing for the it. nights. Yeah. But Sorry. say there was a bar cut like the parish, my mate Tommy owns that. Um, they put on gigs nearly every night of the week, yeah. one way or another. So... I mean, generally, they'd only get me to do the artwork for the, the big gigs and stuff yeah. like that. But, but did your style start to develop through, the, yeah, through that? Yeah, yeah. Kind of... Well, I got to experiment a bit. They gave me complete freedom, and I just kind of experimented. And now we're just getting into digital at that point, so it was really good for me as a learning curve as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just... It was a really... Like a, a learning time during them few years, it, I learned so much. And then obviously you plateau and you probably learn then how to do stuff a lot quicker yeah. than actually anything physical changing. It's like, well, nah, stuff behind the scenes is changing now because I can do that poster that took me two days to do before, I can do in one hour now. But you know what? And then I can right do 10, 10, 10 more jobs and then yeah. I can earn 10, like, you know, 10 times as much money and I can yeah. keep doing this for the rest and of my life. And you get confident, don't you? You know what you can do. Yeah. Without even thinking, you know. Well, before I'd, I'd also tech on anything. So the same bar would then want me to design the menu, and it's like I didn't even know how to use InDesign. Mm. So I, I hired a guy who was in the studio and gave it to just lay out the type and give him half the money. And then I was like, after that, I'm, like, I'm only doing that once. So I learned how to lay out type, and then you know I'd, I'd tech anything, logos and stuff. Yeah. Um, and now. It's like I've got mates who are so good at that that why would I even bother? I'd just recommend it to them. Yeah. But I'm, co- I'm confident enough now that the next job's going to come in and I don't need to, kind of, I don't need that money. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's well, good. It's, like, it's if, like if I start there back, they'll scratch my eye. It's like what we said about all you, but that's it. You do build those sort of reciprocal relationships. But also, it's like you, uh, you get a bit better at knowing what you should be taking on and actually yeah. specializing, you know? Is that exactly. What you, like, uh, there's, there's that style thing that everyone. Yeah. I, a lot of people I know had that style from scratch. Like they always had it, and I remember being at art college thinking, "I'm never going to have a style." And then when I tried yeah. to get an agent, I knew that you had to have a style because they don't want no bullshit. Yeah. They want to know what to expect. If you're, a, they will never hire someone who's good at ten different things. They just want Cost. like one. That's thing. a graphic designer's job. Yeah, because at the end of the day, if they hire you to do a job and you just on that particular day yeah. fancy doing something completely different, yeah. well, yeah, exactly. You know, it's going to cause yeah. a whole lot of hassle. And magazine, any, no one's got any time in this industry. Art directors, no. uh, agency representatives, so they all need to know exactly where you sit, what you contrast against, and what you what you yeah. uh, complement. So, and exactly at the end of the day. They're dealing with a hundred artists or whatever. They want the least stress, yeah. the least messing around they yeah. can have. So if you need to be a sure thing, 
That's it. So that's why they want the style. Mm. That's not to say you can't do stuff like that you want to do outside of that, but the stuff that you're putting on that portfolio yeah. needs to be consistent. You know what? That's uh, the editing and filtering process is something that I've become way more switched on to as time's gone on. It's, it's mad, like, man, because I, I put stuff up that's like my best work, I feel, and they'll put it to the bottom of the pile because they don't feel that it suits. Yeah. They might like the work, but it doesn't fit with their ethos of what I yeah. am. And my style eventually came out to be, which was back to my original point, like, I wanted it to look like old school stuff, like print from the 1950s. Yeah. And I took my inspiration from that, and I kind of have outgrown that to an extent, but I still do that now. Mm. Uh, but for my agency stuff, that's my selling point. Yeah. So if I put a drawing of Richard Ashcroft with camouflage behind him, it might look good, but it's not in that style. So yeah. that'll go down to the bottom of the pile. That's and I'm learning that and kind of, you know, and the stuff that I'd least expect to go to the top, because they generally put the best work at the top. Yeah. And the, well, the, people say, don't they, within the first kind of nine yeah. images or whatever is what people exactly. really take in. And, and exactly. I did like this drawing for a charity, a cancer charity of Steve Mason, the lead singer from Beta Band. Uh, he's like a solo artist now. And he, he signed it and they auctioned it off and got some money for it. But I thought, oh, I'll just put that up there. And that, literally, every job I get, like the inquiry is, oh, we saw the uh, the spaceman print. It's like Steve Mason John as the spaceman. Isn't it interesting that, yeah. And I get so much work off just doing that. Yeah. Just for the look of it, and it like, I mean, it. it they basically said, can you draw Steve Mason because we can get him to sign it and we can auction it off for charity. So there were literally no art direction there. I just did that from scratch, and I thought it were really cool. It kind of all fit together. Like I'll draw because the beater band used to dress up as like spacemen yeah. back in the day anyway. So I drew him in like an outfit and then all the patches, all the space patches were like his old bands, like King, King Biscuit time. And yeah, yeah, instead yeah. of Nasser, it said Beta. Nice, <laughs> like, nice, it nice, all yeah. fit in really, really nice. Yeah. yeah. And um, it, yeah, and it just, it's one of them pieces of work that you'll probably look back at and think, yeah, that's like a landmark. You yeah. Know? That's like something that really stood out. Again, it was completely unexpected. Yeah. But sometimes... Like, you can't do a piece of work like that every single day. You might yeah. do one a year. Yeah. But you'll get so much work off the back of it. It's very true, and, and a lot of it is accidental, isn't it? I think this is why you have to keep playing, because you don't know what's going to come exactly. out on any given day when you're not in the mood or whatever, and you just do something because it's quick. Yeah. Sometimes they've got, they've got the most power, and you don't even see it coming. And That's you, you just it. have to run with it when it happens. Oh, you're doing stuff that, uh, obviously, our industry is doing... You're drawing someone else's vision. If you're a fine artist, you're drawing your own vision. Yeah. But sometimes it's like you've been doing it for three weeks solid, doing someone else's ideas. Yeah. You've got to say, right, bollocks to all that. I'm having a day to myself. I'll just draw what I want to draw. Yeah. Well, I think that keeps you sane. Well, this is it. And the advantage of having like an agency portfolio where you might put the, the sort of attention grabbing stuff in is that then you can just chip off and do whatever the hell you want because yeah. you've got that. You've got that brand. You're established. You're there. So go and use Behance or whatever and just do something yeah. completely off the wall. And you just and then that I've, might I've seen your shit left handed. Do you know what? Uh, There's revelations left, right, and centre <laughs> in this stuff. I'm genuinely considering. Like, it, it seriously. Using is, and do you know what? It's like getting out of your comfort zone and putting yourself on the spot and saying, "Look, this yeah. might." work and it might not yeah might blow up in my face but left shit left-handed drawings of, of england, england players. football players <laughs> is definitely a ben talon concept well this is it but, but i mean that but it suits you though like if you know you and you know your work it's very much you that's your yeah. brand and i said before to me it's the whole that's the holy grail in any art form it's like having a brand people connect with that a lot of people don't see being an illustrator as having a brand and it's not just 
how your work looks, it's how you are on social media. Yeah. You know, I see people, I mean, yeah, you don't want to be a massive corporation if you're not a massive corporation. If you're just you, you want to get your personality across on these, these things. But also, at the same time, art directors are looking at it. Don't, like, to put photos up of yourself, like, shooting heroin on a weekend, you know what I mean? Because it doesn't yeah. look very well known illustrator for shoot. Yeah. And I've seen, <laughs> I mean, that's a bit hardcore, but I've seen so many, like, people doing stuff like that or just, you know, there's the person, it's a, trying to find a very fine balance yeah. between work and personal. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I do put a photo of my kid up every now and again, but it's not like every single time because people are just unfollow you. But I think you are much like me in the sense that you you, do, you are something of an open book in terms of pe- yeah. people like to feel like they know the man behind the work. And I like And I, and I project that through the book, through yeah, this podcast. exactly. Some people go for the more enigmatic, you know, Banksy's or the, someone that's yeah. a bit more mystique, I think. It also helps, that, I mean, that's illegal, so if they do show the face, <laughs> they're just going to get arrested. <laughs> there is that aspect of it, yeah. But I, yeah, the graffiti thing is definitely, like yeah. people going under pseudonyms and stuff and very mysterious and you don't want to give too much away. Yeah. Which is cool as well. Like I, I do like that idea. It's like being a, a famous wrestler, but wearing a mask, and then when you take the mask off, you no one recognizes gone. you on yeah. the street. Yeah. So you can get the best of both worlds. But true, true, actually, yeah. You know, this is my brand, and this is what I've been doing for all my life, and yeah, yeah I feel like it it works in my advantage for people to kind of know who I am and if it, I'm yes, approachable. Me too, me too. And I'm yeah. putting stuff up, like all this stuff over here, I've got archives of vintage stuff that inspires me and I'm well, putting you're, that you're up. You're on show, aren't you? This is your world. Yeah, and it know? works and I think people get it. You know, I could, yeah. I'm into so many different cultures and I have been over the years and yeah. I kind of, it, I have tech stuff from that even yeah. now, you know, like. I mean, I think it was uh, Noel Gallagher said that, talking about social media and I think someone said, oh, you know, why are you not on Twitter or whatever and he said, well, put it this way. So like, I grew up in, an, not saying that he wanted to have any mystique, but he was just yeah. saying that I grew up in an era where, you know, I, I was borderline believing that David Bowie was, was from Mars. Yeah. So I don't want to know well, what, I don't want to know if, what socks he's wearing. Yeah. Or what, he's it's breakfast, almost, or what he's having for breakfast. It rinses it. It oversaturates yeah. it. It kind of spoils yeah. it a bit. Whereas we've gone down a more personable, I think we've played to our advantage with social media and gone with them all. We're, we're out there for people to sort of approach. But at the same time, I'm not really putting images out there of, I don't know, I don't want to name a thing, but... I'm very considered with what parts of my personal life I show. So yeah. I mean, the other day, for example, Definitely. it's a, got to work to your advantage. I spilled a fucking bottle of ink on my keyboard the other day, and I'm on my desk, and I, I sort of, I've sort of spun round to try and grab some tissue, and then in the same instant, then panicked even more about missing the opportunity to photograph it. So like, grab my camera, yeah, and I was like, yeah. psh, like really arty, you know, trying to make yeah. this arty photograph, and was like, what? Do you, and I, ended up, like, I lost the V. The V no longer works on the keyboard oh, now because I, because I spent too long photographing the damn thing. But, but like, you know, <laughs> it is. It's, it's a it's a delicate balance, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, I kind of I don't want to use my uh, son as bait, but it's almost like. Yeah, he does his work, but then, yeah, he's a family guy at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. it kind of, I'm, like, I'm not using him as to kind of, or my family to kind of get myself work, but I do think that it gives a bit of more of a personal thing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, I'm still like working my ass off all day, then I'm going home and I'm spending time with my family. But I mean, mm. there's only so much work you can do in a day, but yeah. I. You know, I want to get that across that I do work my ass off, and yeah. I have done since Sw- I started. Swig of water for the working man. Swig of water for the working man. <laughs> <laughs> what a podcast that is. 
But, yeah. okay. That's a reference to Stone Cold Steve Austin for yeah, anyone that cares, good, which is probably no one. <laughs> but, but speaking of all that stuff, you know, obviously everyone knows that I love the wrestling and I end up working for them. So uh, we've got to talk about your stuff with Adidas, but the back, yeah. I, I, having already known you, I know. Like I parallel know, paths. Yeah, yeah, I know that. I know the backstory, but for listeners who love, I mean, I do remember you telling me there was a, it came from school, the sort of initial influence of. For anyone that looks at Peter's work, there's a very, um, how would you put it, clothing, fashion, it's very much yeah. like a casuals type thing. Yeah, there's a casual thing to it. I, I was kind of involved in that scene when I was a bit younger after school for a while. I kind of got out of it just because I, I needed to concentrate on this. And yeah. I, I committed myself to it fully. So everything else kind of took a back burner. And what, what I mean, just for people that don't know, I, I'm... I'm I mean, what, what just gives a little summation of the casuals. What, what is it? You know, what, what's the lifestyle? What's well, it's just kind of. I kind of fell into it, really. Like my uh, my mates at school, their brothers start going to like football games, and you like start wearing almost like a uniform of certain brands. And the time it were like Paul and Shark and Stone Island and Lacoste, and they'd have really smart jackets on, and they'd have like Adidas trainers. It was always Adidas trainers. Yeah. Or rock parts. <laughs> Back then it was like rock parts and then aqua scootum scarves and stuff. <laughs> and I was really intrigued and I'm like, oh, what's all this stuff? And then my mates, when they left school, or we left school, they started going to games with their brothers. So, I mean, I didn't really go to as many games as them guys, but I'd meet them in town afterwards and it'd be like this massive group or whatever. But then there's a lot of fighting and stuff that comes along with it. And that's just part of the culture. And... Yeah, I got involved in that for a while and then I had to kind of take a step back and concentrate on my career. But what I did take out of that was, like, I still collect trainers to this day. I still spend lots of money on jackets to this day. And I'm still mates with all of them. Like, the the guys I used to go to school with, you know what I mean? We go way back even before all these days. So they might still be involved to an extent, but... It's had, I think that whole scene's had to calm down over the years with police presence and uh, yeah, yeah. people getting sent down for like first offences and stuff. It's really knocked it back. And But the uh, the trainer scene is kind of... I mean, I got it from that culture, but globally since then, it's just blown up all yeah. over the shop. I mean, and so it was quite a, a handy thing to get into. It's almost like invested in my future, starting yeah. to collect well, Adidas trainers. As, as, we, as we sort of hinted at with the personality thing, these things I always find they're already there in your life that you can draw the most fuel from. And Definitely. It's, and it's clear to see for anyone that looks at your illustrations of the sort of lads in the jackets and all that stuff, it's yeah. not you've not just taken an image and, and illustrated that. There's an obvious love of it. There's a there's a treatment there that shows yeah. that you are invested in that and you and and you're showing that a little bit more. And it's I think yeah. anyone then therefore who's into that gets it. They get that you're not a you're not a tourist. You're not just yeah, doing well, it to look trendy, which some people Yeah, are. there's a lot of people who just kind of jump on that bandwagon and it's like, well, you can do that, but how far are you really going to go? You know nothing about the culture. Yeah. You know, like I kind of grew up in my, uh, like from what, from 16 to 22, 23, in, in that scene. And mm. I was pretty quiet, but I'd always like look and I'd always be listening and always be paying attention to stuff. And there were a lot of brand, like I, I kind of knew what they wanted on t-shirts and stuff before he had the skills to do it. And I knew that like drawing loads of trainers on a poster hadn't uh, Adidas trainers hadn't been done before not the trainers that, the kind of trainers that they bought like the vintage reissues from like the 70s or even like the original ones from the 70s and 80s mm. uh, the, the running shoes 
And I was like, I really wanted. They, they were um, Adidas City Series, and I mean, they've was it's Dublin, London. It, the yeah. list goes on. I've got two posters worth. I'm not going to list them yeah. all, but I literally did um, posters with rows of these trainers doing all research. Some are really rare, some are more common. And it's I've collected like an archive over the years, and then I was doing a bit more research trying to find enough to fill a poster. And I did that, and it just blew up. And I did another one after that, a limited edition one. I mm. only did a hundred. And um, that sold out as well. And where did the sales come from? Do you use social media? Just Facebook. Mm. Yeah, I put one on Facebook, and like I just got all these messages. And was I was it, like, was it sort of you planted a seed within that network you'd already built? Yeah, it might have been. I think it might have been on a like a private group or something like that. They're they're pretty popular at the moment. I mean, you're talking 2011 or 2012. So yeah. I think them kind of groups had just started then, and I got invited to one and. It was just for like selling trainers, and I'm like, oh well, I've kind of done this. If anyone wants one, let me know. And then it was just like, ba 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 ba. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I got, I got. Because it's, it's a dedicated audience, and it. Yeah. Well, put it this way. Then I put, I think uh, one of my clients, casual connoisseur, they put it on their Facebook, and I had about a hundred requests in about four days from Russians, like wow. Germans, Americans, yeah, like all real, over the world. A real global. And I was like, appreciation of this stuff, isn't there? I was like, what's happening here? And uh, it was from the trainer print. And then randomly, like obviously, then you see it all. I've seen it all over the internet. People ripping it off. People just putting it on their Facebook. I'm, I'm, you know, whatever. It's fine. Um, if you want to use it as your profile photo, that's cool. It's, yeah. it's pretty sweet. But I must have put it on Instagram or something. And um, I got an email from Adidas, <laughs> and I was like. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> you know when the, you the big dogs coming. It's like um, uh, whoever it was. I'm not going to say any names. At Adidas.com, and I'm like, shall I open it? Shall I just <laughs> fold and move to Argentina? <laughs> Ronnie Big style. Yeah, Ronnie. Ronnie Big illustration world. I thought, right, it's going to be one of two things. It's going to be, I'm going to get told off. Or I'm going to get asked to work for him. And I thought, I'm more likely going to get told off. Um, but it, it wasn't. It was the, like, really like your work. Uh, it would be cool to work with you. I can't promise anything, but if you want to come in to have a chat. And wow. I was like, just getting invited to the Adidas HQ. I mean, this is the Stockport one, not the one in Germany. That came later, which yeah. is <laughs> ridiculous. It was like a, a dream come true, and I went over and I thought, even to the point of going through the doors, I thought, there's going to be black helicopters in the sky, there's going to be guys coming down on, on wires, arresting me <laughs> for selling a few yeah. Adidas prints. <laughs> it was like proper elaborate like story in my head. Um, and like they gave me this, this book that was only made for, for, for like staff. It was like a 400-page book in a, like a really nice presentation briefcase. And they just give me that for coming over, and I'm like, if they never give me any work again, yeah. this is awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, you know, uh, work did come, and I've done quite a few jobs for Adidas, um, like with mainly like window displays, postcards, sets. Yeah. I did some T-shirts, but they, they haven't come to light yet. They, uh, a lot of stuff with uh, with big brands like that, they do it a year in advance. It sits or, on the and back some burner, yeah. stuff works, and some stuff never comes to light, but yeah. You know, you? I always say to the guy, I'm like, look, this is like one of my favourite brands. I've been collecting Adidas trainers for 12 years or whatever. It's such an honour to work for them. 
and yeah. you know there's certain brands that I can't work for because I'm working for Adidas yeah. well, or I'm not sure there's like a grey area so I have to bring them guys mm. and unless it's literally doing exactly what I'm doing for Adidas they yeah. generally don't have a have a problem with it but it's just courtesy I think it's a nice touch and I've, I've done that myself with, with certain brand, you know, clothing brands and clients yeah because yeah, you don't want to step on if they've been loyal clothes. to me and, and you know, they've, they've worked properly then I will, yeah. I will just check in and but yeah but at the same time like it's not like Adidas are paying my my mortgage. Of course. You know, they, yeah. I might get a few jobs a year off them and you've still got to put bread on the table. You do, you do. So you've got to, again, you've got to make a, yeah. a decision. But I also think it's just shows, as long as it shows a respect and it shows yeah, a certain level does. of respect to do that in the first place, even if you then go on and do it. I exactly. I appreciate that. Exactly. And it, I, it's nice to just keep in touch with them because I always want to know what's coming out and what's new and, well, you know. Do you know what? That, well, that'll go a long way because, again, the very reason I got the job with WWE was for a number of reasons, but primarily, as the guy would later tell me, is because I actively sought him out and told him that I was into the product, I knew his brand, and I wanted to work for him. So why would you bother going for anyone else who's probably not into it at all? Yeah, he didn't have you to educate I mean? me. He knew he could give me, feed me a brief, tell me who it was about, exactly. and he would only have to make minor stylistic changes. And you run with it. That's it. Because and that's what you're into. And do, So, I mean, do you... What, and I still do it to this day. I get on the phone to him every, every so often and say, look, what do you think about this? This would be a cool idea. Do you, do you yeah. actively go after Adidas now and pitch things at them? Uh, yeah, well, I just... I can't, well, I've started working uh, close with my friend Adam Gill. We've started our own studio called Grammar. And we're basically... Um, it's a bit different to my illustration work because, I mean, I, I think I'm pretty good at getting jobs and stuff. Uh, can talk the talk. But a lot of it is... I, I aim at jobs that I'm into, like Adidas and yeah. similar brands. And I, I've always I've been into them for years, so it's it's not like I'm making it up. I've just done some research the night before. I know what I'm on about to an extent. Um, so I'm, I think I'm quite good at getting work that way. But there's only so many people who want in illustrations. Yeah. But a lot of people want websites. A lot of people want books. A lot of people want promo stuff. Yeah. And Adam, my friend, is so good at the graphic design side of things. He just gets his head down and he, he's the best guy I know, logos, yeah. everything. So instead of just pitching illustrations to people, now I can pitch everything to an extent. Animations, yeah. we're working on uh, some title screens at the moment for a Sky Sports documentary. Fantastic. We're working on some some like uh, branding for a ski resort company. Yeah. You know, we've we just done a whole range of t-shirts for Dickies. Yeah. And it's like across the board and it, it's great and... I'm just thinking about the future as well as, yeah. I mean, I'll get to the point, do I pitch to Adidas in a minute? I'm going off on a bit <laughs> of a tangent. But, um, it, you know, it's like, there's so much more to offer. I'm thinking about the future in the fact that maybe I don't want to work 24 hours a day giving myself arthritis because my hand's cramped. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like When I'm 60, I might just want to be an art director and I'm kind of setting myself yeah. up for that. Well, do you know and what? the budgets are generally bigger. And like we just literally, I pitched a job to Adidas yeah. about a book um, instead of just an illustration. Because again, yeah. they might want to use me for one thing, but then they're more likely to use another illustrator. Absolutely. It's such a big company, and the variation keeps it exciting. But more to that point, that I had a number of mates call me out on how the fuck did you win the Creative Agency of the Year award when you're one man. But I'm not. I'm doing exactly what you've done yeah, there. Yeah. Working with Danny Allison. I'm well, not even there now. I'm pointing yeah. over there. You're pointing over where he <laughs> used the ghost, to, the ghost, the ghost of, of Danny Allison and stimping the dog. 
Um, but I'm using his photography skills uh, to create art direction. I'm working yeah. with my mate, Dirty Fry, an electronic producer, yeah. providing soundtracks and, and audio Yeah, well, this is switch. it. It's just you pulling know. in your resources it, without having to yeah. hire anyone full time. Yeah. At the core of it. Using your loaf to speak local terms. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> using your loaf to earn a crust. It's like, <laughs> straight away, it's like just me and Adam as the core. And then we'll we'll hire in copywriters if we need them. Yeah, we're not gonna. Why would you hire a copywriter for a full year and you only maybe need him once? This is the the, the, hiring, the advantage. You're hiring people ad hoc. Yeah, the advantage we've got now with the digital revolution is that we've got immediate access to any number of good people. Yeah. As long as you understand the whole, this is one of the things I've learned from working in film. I understand now what the director of photography does. I know what the director yeah, producer yeah. does. I know who does the soundtrack, who does the uh, the actual sound recording, exactly all that stuff. So that puts voice over. It doesn't mean you have to do any of it, but yeah. if you've got the vision and you've got the balls to go and pitch something, you can do a lot more than one. Exactly, one. and it's almost like you put yourself out there. So I'm just thinking about the future. I'm still obviously doing freelance work as well, but yeah. if grammar goes to the point where I can't fit any more freelance work in, grammar's going to get it. You know, yeah. we're, we're giving grammar the push. Every yeah. job now, I'm thinking. How can we have a long-term relationship? How can grammar be involved in it? Yeah, it's it's the future of me basically, and, fu- and yeah. Adam's future as well. You're just so. thinking business, you know, just thinking ahead, you know. Yeah. And it's stuff that I never thought like when when I yeah. first started. But going back to your original point, uh, pitched a book to Gary Aspen. Um, it was like a consultant for Adidas. Now he used to work for Adidas back in the day, and he's doing a range. It's called the Special Range. He's been doing it for like three years, and it's it's like uh, new. New, it's like a new take on old classics. So it's got the look that it was from the seventies, but it's got all the new technologies and yeah. some really nice stuff, like really, really good stuff. And I was just on the phone to him one day, and I'm like, "How cool would it be in a book? Like, I really want to know, like, what's going on behind the scenes? Like, what does your business partner Mikey have to say about it? Because I've never heard like his take on it. How did Gary Watson, the guy who did all like the art direction and uh, Stan the man, the photographer, how did they?" do all these shots based yeah. on vintage retro things because these like floating shoes. These like, you see the front and the back. It's like, how did they do that? Um, I want to know. And they basically made like a little hangman and then photoshopped it out. But yeah. this is, and Gary's like, you know what? You know, like it's a good idea. And I think people would want to know that. And we ended up um, working for the last year on this book with Gary and his team just kind of, it's, it was really cool as well because like half of it is like a retrospective. Well, I'd say two thirds of it is a retrospective on the previous few seasons, and then you like you flip it over, you know, like old school, flip it over, and the other half it's like the uh, the lookbook for the current season. Wow, great idea! It's mean, and then like this guy Gary, he's, he knows everyone because that was his job at Adidas. He was basically kind of there to know like what's going on. Uh, he was there to give like claws out. It, it were, basically, Adidas used to endorse um, sports stars, and then when Gary came along, he, his job was to endorse musicians and stuff. And yeah. he kind of hooked up Bape with uh, Adidas, and they did some really cool superstars, Bape stars, and stuff like that with Adidas. And it's like really cool stuff. And he is responsible for a lot of a lot of cool stuff. And then. He just put on Instagram the other day, like he'd just come for breakfast with like Liam Gallagher, and Liam Gallagher's just holding the book that we'd worked a year on. So and I, was like, I saw that image going off. On and I was like, media. yeah, that's kind of why I do it. And then during this, the whole course of stuff, it's like he he did. Uh, do you know the Coral? Yeah. You know Bill Ryder Jones from the Coral, who's a solo artist now. 
he uh, he's a good friend of Gary's, and he was for one of the seasons he was like the model. Uh, it was like based around him, and they did like a short documentary about nice. where he's from and stuff. And um, he were wearing all the clothes, and it was cool. So we got invited to this launch that he had down in London. Went down there and we watched Bill Ryder Jones perform. And turned round, Noel Gallagher's talking to Bobby Gillespie about two meters away. And I'm like, everyone's just acting like that's not happening. Like everyone's acting like Noel Gallagher's not just there. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to be that guy like running up to Noel Gallagher, proper fanboy. Yeah, but you know you've got to, if you're invited to stuff like that, you've got to respect it. And oh, you do. It's... It was the first real thing that I'd kind of I'd always envisioned that at one point I'll be mixing with the stars, <laughs> and I hope that Noel Gallagher at some point knows who the hell I am. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. like, just to be there were great. And then I walked into the bar next door, and Andy Bell's just there talking wow, to yeah. someone. Yeah. Uh, Charlene Spiteri were there. John Sim from Life on Mars. Brilliant, I like John Sim. And it's like these are all friends of Gary's and wow. it's like this is what it's about this is like yeah. you know like it was a don't get me wrong it was a Monday night and I had to go to London and I Do went you know back what? in the same night I think, I think well in this day it. and age that illustrators can be quiet rock stars if they want yeah you know I think I think well that's it, I think so yeah I it, mean you're always the sort of quiet guy, like you said, you're the quiet guy in the corner, no one truly knows yeah, who you are. It's but, but you do kind of get in on the periphery of this stuff. You know? Yeah, but to the point, since I started working with Adidas, and I did a trainer with Adidas, and that kind of put it on the map to the point where I'll go to like store openings, if size opens a new store or whatever, and I do a bit of work for them guys as well, and like people will be getting me to sign the trainers and the prints That's and awesome, stuff. That's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like, hang on a minute, I'm, I just draw pictures. Yeah. People ask me to sign the book, and I don't. I never. I'm, I'm always like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. It's like it's a yeah. weird feeling. What you're right. I, I just write all the best. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't think about else to write. Cheers for the support. is one of my yeah, favorites. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I always like. I'm that nervous. I think I'm spelling the name John wrong. You know, like stuff <laughs> yeah. that you never. You're just overthinking it, and it's yeah. like it's so out of the ordinary for like a, an illustrator to have to do that. Yeah. But at the same time. I quite like it as well, you know. I love it's, it because we work, we work hard, we're very passionate, and I think we do it often speculatively, so we don't know where the next thing's coming from. So you sit there doing it on faith. So yeah. when you get validation for that, I think it's a huge buzz. You know? Oh, it's, just like, it's it's great, and um, yeah, and working with Adidas has definitely like introduced yeah. me to that kind of line. So you mentioned you mentioned about the shoe. The, so what about, what was the deal with the Quartal project? Uh, yeah, so. I was trying to get in with Adidas before I got called up by Adidas, which we talked about earlier. At the same time, I wasn't like resting on my laurels, and I had a friend in Germany who knew he'd already done a trainer basically with with Adidas, um, a guy called Quote. Uh, that's his nickname. His real name's Daniel, um, but he doesn't like being called Daniel for some reason. What's cooler? Quote's a lot cooler. <laughs> so um, I basically said, right, I'll do another one of them posters, but with your collection, and we'll do it as a collaboration. And I don't want paying for it, but if you could. Go to your contacts at Adidas and say, look, my mate's done this. Is there any way we can make it official? Like, I was just trying all my avenues to get into yeah. it, basically, yeah. without being too intrusive. Mm. Um, so, of course, yeah, that's absolutely fine. And he, I did my bit. He did his bit. He went to Adidas and he got back and said, like, ah, they don't really want the poster. But they've said, do you want to do a book? Whoa. And I was like, absolute oh, jackpot, that God. Yeah. I was like, right, you're going to... Right, pick 50 of your pairs. Quote picks 50 of his favourite pairs. Not necessarily the ones that were on the poster, because now we've, we're actually, we've got validation. We want to do the best thing we can. Originally, we were going to use the images on the poster. I'm like, no way, I'm going to redraw 
over 50 illustrations and just do it for free. I'm just going to do it. I want it to like be that. my yeah. best work, you know what I mean? So he wrote about his stuff, um, like all the information, where he got his pairs from, like, yeah. and all the technical stuff the behind The geek stuff, the stuff that you, the that geek you, stuff, you yeah. need that, don't you? Exactly. And, and I drew all like the different colourways and stuff, and then got Adam, like this were another kind of early primitive grammar job, got Adam in to do all the graphic design because he was the one guy I knew I could trust with it. Mm. Um, and he did a really good job of the layout and we got another the guy who worked for Adidas did like some laser etching in the front cover and it was such a, a like a, a nice cool book and then it took us about a year to complete all in, like going back and forth with Adidas and stuff and then Probably the last two weeks, they just turned around and say, "Like we've decided, like you can release, you can design your own trainer to release <laughs> in conjunction with a book." And I was just like, "How do you process that?" You know, when I don't, I didn't believe it was happening until I got the sample in my hand, and it's got my face on it, and I was like, <laughs> "If this falls through now, and there's uh, probably a chance that it could have fallen through at any point, yeah. because that kind of world, it's like, look." Shit just goes like that. It don't matter. You can't bank on anything. Mm. I thought, even if that project is pulled now, I've got this one shoe in my hand, this sample, that I'll have forever. Yeah. And no one can take that away from me. It's unbelievable. But you're right. You can't process it. I've never digested the WWE stuff, and I doubt I ever will. It's like... But I think if you're still in awe of it, then you're always got to be thriving for more of it of course yeah i mean i did there are are moments there was a moment in particular when i pulled out this stack of um old vhs covers that i'd cut and pasted by hand from wwe magazine in like 2000 because what happened was my dad's mate used to record the pay-per-views we didn't have sky yeah yeah he would send them once a month so i'd buy like the um what's the brand so i forget the 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 blank vhs cases anyway going off track but I bought the, bought the kit I used to buy these four packs and send them to like four yeah. hour version in case it ran over Yeah, you'd send that? them back so I'd go and buy the hard case and did, design the slip case and yeah. I still got them all in my studio Brilliant. and I was having to clear out recently and I pulled them out and I put them next to like an official Randy Orton post that I've done yeah. and just I went and put the kettle on I was like I'm going to take this moment and just stood looking like that 15 years apart but look what's happened and I was well, like well these this goes on to another thing that I'm sure, well, obviously you do go through it. There's certain moments in your career where things come full circle. Mm-hmm. And very much, and it might not, I mean, that's the dream thing. For me, it was the Adidas. It's like, collect Adidas. 15 years later, you've just done your own Adidas trainer that's got your name and your face on it. Oh, by the way, the name, Core Tool, is obviously Core and O'Tool put together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came, we were coming yeah. up with some really crap names like, the art archive yeah. Yeah. like art <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm like there's no way I'm doing all this work and calling it that so I was like I was just in my front room one day and it was like cool tool <laughs> and it's like boom yeah but yeah that's that's where the name came from we could do a whole other show yeah on but names. like when we're talking about like full circles um, when I was at art college like Adidas is one for me um, the WWE stuff I still call it WWF I know, they'll probably <laughs> get censored or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Vince will be getting in touch with you and saying, I'm not allowed to say it. Yeah. But it's like, that's full circle for you. You're doing your own made VHSs and then yeah. 15 years later, you've closed that circle by yeah. doing your, the official thing. It happens all the time. Like, when I was at art college, I, Addict Clothing was one of my favourite brands. It had all my favourite artists working for it. Ten years later, I did a teach artist range for Addict Clothing. Yeah. And it's like, that's a thing done and Brian Cannon growing up 
listening to Oasis, listening to Verve, looking at all the record covers, collecting all the singles. Mm. To, uh, 15 years later, working with Microdot, working with the guy who did all that, the guy who lived it, yeah. the guy who whose idea it was to put a Rolls Royce in a swimming pool on the B&R cover. <laughs> the, guy the last who, act of rock and roll. Exactly. <laughs> the, being in that guy's office and just looking around, I'm like, how the hell did I get here? Yeah. You know, and that was another full circle moment. Yeah. And I have them all the time. To, to, to go a complete, um, complete devil's advocate to that, I was sat in Devin Albarn's manager's office two weeks ago Ooh. with Brit Awards on the shelf behind me. Yeah. How does that happen, you know? I, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to share that secret with the listeners, but unfortunately, yeah. we don't go that far. But it, no, no, you don't get everything. You but get an insight, but we're not going to... By hook or by crook, I worked yeah. my way into that opportunity, and it, was, it went well. We got, we got along, you know, nothing dramatic came out of it. There, are, there have been steps on the ladder, but just, like you say, a full circle, a moment where you go, yeah. this, is worth every, this is worth the 15 years of work to do that, and exactly. character building, you know? Exactly, and a lot of it is because you're aiming at brands that you like and you're into already yeah. because you've already got that step ahead, like you said. You're already passionate about it. So I'm not seeking out working for stuff that I'm not interested in. Stuff comes along, and I'll take it, and I will get into stuff through doing jobs as well. Yeah. We're from the other side of things. Like, I don't know everything, and I'm always willing, and I'm like, like it's an open book. You always need to be learning, and you need to be so cultured, and you need yeah. to be on the ball with everything. Not just current events, but old trends, and, you know, it, there's so much stuff. I, I mean, for an, an example, I got asked to do uh, a picture of, I can't remember what the brief was for a magazine and it was kind of like uh, it, an illustration based around the low lives in New York in the early 90s and I'm awesome. like what the fuck is that like what that's, is well that's great but I found out that low lives are like like polo like Ralph Lauren poor and then low at the end low oh, right. life okay right right yeah not like low life so wow. it's like a culture so um back so i'm more interested in proper low life yeah 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 <laughs> so low no low lives are a culture and it's basically like you see all the rappers in the early 90s wearing ralph Lauren, like wu-tang and everything nice. they're like low lives because i'm not saying wu-tang did this but they were a culture of these guy kids from the ghetto looking at like all these great designer brands like ralph Lauren and Stuff like that, and they, they they wanted they wanted them, so they basically just thirty of them would just like run into a shop and just take loads of stuff off off the shelves and run out and just wow. take what they could, and that was like the low life culture, and that's why loads of rappers like um, there's a great uh, I can't remember what video it is, it might be it could all be so simple by Wu Tang, I think it might not be, but it's like Raekwon's wearing this uh, Ralph Lauren top called Snow Beach and that's like one of the most sought after top. <laughs> I think Chris Brown wore one the other day. And it just doesn't have the same effect when Chris Brown wears it. But wow. it's like stuff like that. You look on eBay now and they're going for like grands. But it was that, it's like the, the the ones that were most sought after. Do you know like where yeah. they have like the teddy bear yeah. dressed up in the... Like, so I'm, guess, so I'm guessing you did your sort of your casual style of illustration for that. Yeah, I, no, in fact, I don't think I did. Uh, whatever, it, it didn't go to press in the end anyway. Oh, okay, but yeah. um, the whole point of that was literally, that's something that I learned about yeah. from the job. Like, what, I didn't what, already know about that. And what a story. Well, and, I should, and, and the worst thing was, right, like, because I'm such a big fan of hip-hop, I was like, should have known that. Should have known about that <laughs> culture. <laughs> no, no pudding tonight. How did I not know? <laughs> Probably because you didn't grow up in New York. <laughs> in the ghetto, so, you know. Oh, but, um, yeah, it's good fun, and it, like you say, you're always learning yeah. new stuff. And uh, 
So you know what? what? Every job's so different. I remember like Danny was saying, he was getting a bit... Um, I really wanted to get into editorial. And it was like, he really wanted to do everything else, like T-shirts and stuff like that. And it's like, the grass is never greener, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, But yeah. the beauty about my job now is that every job's so different. I could be doing T-shirts one day. Me too, I love a day, I love a day like this, chatting to you now. Yeah, it's and great. And in my studio with a lot of podcasts on Illustrator, and it's yeah. both amazing because of the variation. Exactly, and you're never bored. Don't get me wrong, if I were doing the same stuff day in, day out, I'd probably be sick of it. Yeah. But because I'm, everything's different, Yeah. And you know, you're working with people as well, like you collaborate with people who are passionate as you and yes. Yeah. It's, it's great man. It, yeah, you know. Hey, we we are. I mean we, we work hard for it, but it's a it's a you know, it's a beautiful career. I it's think. the best job in the world. Yeah, I, I I've I've never worked a day in my life because it's it's awesome. Yeah. And I mean that's what I feel, yeah. I always say like my worst job's better than the average man's best job. That's it, totally. You know what yeah. I mean? You've got yeah. to think about it like that. I remember picking weeds out of frozen gravel. Uh, yeah. Eight o'clock one morning, thinking, imagine if I did um, drawing every single day. And I always thought I thought <laughs> I was all right at that yeah. point. So imagine how good I'd get if I did it every day instead of getting good at yeah. picking weeds out of frozen. Well, as you'll know from the book, my my reflection of that is fishing and nappies out of recycling bins to yeah. see if they could have another Class. bin when they overfilled the first one. Class act. And the same thing, just daydreaming. Oh, I could uh. just draw every day. But um, it makes you appreciate it, it heightens the appreciation of it. The shit jobs are wonderful. Of course it does, yeah. Um, right, so Shark in the Tank, I know you're a listener, so you'll know what it's all about the last part of the show. Yeah, but I've been thinking about this. Like you asked me to do <laughs> you asked me to do this podcast probably six months ago, before you even started it probably. And uh, you're like, Oh, would you be up for it? I'm like, of course I would, yeah. And then I started listening to a few and it's like the Shark Tank. Yeah. And I'm like, if he asked me that on the spot, I'd have no idea. And I've been thinking about it for six months. And I'm still not really That's the, the wise. Even, even if you prep people, they, really, they lose it when it comes to this section, which is what I like. But I have prepped. I know I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's going to be a bit cliche, but the internet. Is this a love or a hate? Because you've, you've got to give me one of each. It's evolved. Has it? Yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's one of each. Yeah, I realise all along the whole thing with Damien Ertz, you had to love your head and stuff. Well, it's got one of, one, of, one of each. All right, I think it could be both. All right, brilliant. Love man. and hate. I think we're, we, we're very similar age. I think you're 32, I'm 31 in October. 33. 33. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, mate. It's all good. I'm not worried about age, I'm all right. I'm, yeah, embra- I'm, I'm embracing it like Brosnan style. Exactly. I'm, <laughs> I'm like a fine wife, like definitely. I'm a lot better person now than what ten years ago. Put it that way, in all aspects of life. But um, the, so we grew up knowing what life was like before the internet. Yeah. You could appreciate it, and also we appreciate the internet because it's like so much better. Yeah, it makes life so much better. And I mean, you're yeah, you're a few years older than me, but I'm pretty sure. We were so just slightly different. I think you were on one side of it and I were on the other where I didn't have to go to London with a portfolio and have 50 meetings a day. Mm. Did you? I didn't have to, but I did, and it benefited me at the time. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it was very much a choice. I, I wouldn't have said right. I had to. Because Danny Allison, when he's a bit older than us, he did yeah, that. But he was two years on me, so yeah, probably so four years on you. That yeah. was the norm. Yeah. Whereas, kind of, when I left uni in 2008, People just did it on the on the well, internet. Wait till we had Rob Hunt's episode coming yeah. up. So honestly, like the bane of his life was careers. Everything was career. There was no yeah, job. Yeah, blags my head. So he's it's scary. It makes me like sweat thinking about stuff like that. God, he's got some killer stories on that. Yeah. So it's like 
it was great. The internet's great for that stuff, but at the same time, I pretty much became a recluse and didn't go anywhere and came to work yeah. dressed like a homeless person for <laughs> two years. It does work. Until I realised that, look, I still need to go out and make the effort, and then I got so much more work from that. Um, but at the same time, on the bad side of things, it also saturates the market with people yeah. who think they're illustrators and photographers. And, and mimicry. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so easy to rip someone off. So the internet's great and it's bad in our industry specifically. You know, it could go either way. Yeah. But I think my success has a lot, uh, owes a lot to um, being at the right place at the right time, especially when it comes to stuff like social media. I, I don't think I'd be half as successful as I am today if social media hadn't blown up around the time that I was putting my work out there. Yeah. Um, art directors have followed you on Instagram and stuff like that. You'd never have that before. No. You but, wouldn't have but, a chance. But like every other era, the you bad or good, you work with what you've got, don't you? And exactly. You play still, the card, you, the hand you dealt. Definitely. Like you say, there's still the flip side of that is you could, you know, as to your point earlier, you could fuck it up by putting a, a, some grotesque or silly image up there. Oh yeah, you could still ruin weekend, it. It's you know? yours to lose, definitely. Yeah, that's it, so it works both ways. Yeah, it? but then on the bad hand, it's like, it's so easy for people to rip off your work and, and kind of oversaturate the market with crap. Yeah. But I always think the cream rises eventually. So, yeah. especially the, like the, the hard work that we put in, there's no yeah. way that you could just mimic that. No. just by copying. No, because you don't. You can't learn the, the that soulfulness and that everything that's built up to that. You know, the journey. And Not a chance. That's what you can't mimic, and that shows to, to the people with a, with a good eye. It shows. You yeah, can, you see true exactly. true personality. In and it. like, there's a lot of people who get caught up in like um, trends. You know, there's yeah. a lot of trends over the last few years and someone will be big for a, a hot minute and then they're gone, you'll never yeah. see them again. I think it's better to I'm, build, I'm, build something that lasts. I'm looking long-term, I'm thinking long-term goals. I want to be here for a long time and I want to adapt and I want to be true to myself. I don't want to copy trends. I want to do what I want to do what I want to do and make it cool. You know yeah, what well, I mean? And you stand out, you stand out because of that. You exactly. Know? Uh, and you're the same. You've got your own unique, unique style and it's like... Yeah, people can copy that, but they're not you. No. The whole thing, of, like you said earlier on, and it's you're the always, personality you're always that comes somewhere with ahead. You, yeah. you, you're always onto the next idea when they're still trying to follow what you're. Exactly and, because and they haven't got an original idea, idea of yeah. themselves. You're, so you're in a shadow, as simple as that. You know, you're exactly. hiding behind them. It's, it's not good. It's not cool. And, yeah, uh, so you know that's that's my Shark Tank. Brilliant. Well, internet. I think we we put the world to rights there. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks for your time. No uh, worries, yeah. man. It's good to see you again. Yeah, it's you been too. a while. <laughs> I think everyone goes to college and kind of graduates through uni with um, with a dream client, right? We've all got something that we'd love to do. I don't know whether it's Game of Thrones, whether it's like I said before, in my case, WWE or Leeds United. Uh, it might be Disney. It might be. I don't know what it is. It might be fucking caffeine era. I don't know, but whatever it is, there's nothing wrong with that. But what's important to retain, uh, having done that myself, been really blessed in doing that, is it's it's achievable. These people need your services, so get out there. Think about the best way that you can drive that to them. Peter's story about the Adidas prints, I think, is particularly inspiring because I love the fact that he didn't know whether he was going to get in trouble or get commissioned. It's like <laughs> it's a devil and angel sat on the shoulder type deal from the old cartoons, but. Uh, Pete is a, a lovely fella doing really amazing work and I am continually impressed by his move from strength to strength as he goes throughout his career. It's wonderful to see. So 
go and check him out like I said before peter-atool.co.uk thanks for tuning in as ever and thanks to my lovely sponsors illustrationweb.com heartinternet.co.uk and printed.com all doing brilliant work that we all need in abundance we all need representatives we all need printing and we all need digital skills so those three guys are supporting the creative industries by giving us those every week and you guys are supporting me supporting that creative industry by checking in once a week please keep doing it please keep downloading the show do leave a good review on itunes if you like what we're doing it's really valuable to us and thanks as ever i hope you enjoyed it today with peter o'toole and i'll see you next week